Sammy. And this is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. I'm Kristen and I'm here with Sammy. Hello. And today we are talking about codependency. Something that comes up like literally all the time for me. Is that like same for you, Sammy? Oh, yes. (laughs) Also, like not just with clients, but with friends, with myself. Like I I do feel in a lot of ways, like we have a culture that um, normalizes and values codependency and promotes Mm -hmm. codependency. So we'll, I'm sure, talk about that. Um, So it's really common because it's culturally supported. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get into all of that, (laughs) let's talk first (laughs) about what codependency even is in case you're like, not sure you haven't heard the word before. Um, I think the easiest way to think about codependency is it's, it's got that co, like breaking down the word, like co and dependence, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so it's, I'm dependent on you to be dependent on me. Like I um, get my sense of value from offering value to you. So I offer something Mm -hmm. to you and that in turn makes me feel valuable. So there's this sort of, I'm doing like a (laughs) a thing with my hand where I'm like cyclical, like I put out to get back in and I'm almost like I'm needing you to need me mm-hmm. so that I feel my sense of worth is sort of connected to that. Yeah. It's yeah. like outsourcing your sense of worth in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, I don't feel it innately. I have to like put out something in order to then get it back from an outside source. Mm-hmm. And that can set us up for all kinds of relationship challenges, oh, right? Yes. Like, as I'm sure, like even just hearing it probably like paints the picture of like, oh, that sounds like it could be problematic and it can. And I think it's really sneaky because mm-hmm. as, as we're talking about like how it's defined, it's like, oh, okay, that that doesn't sound ideal, but mm-hmm. in practice, I feel like what it can look like is like, I'm just being helpful. I really want to do something kind for you. I want to, um, you know, take care of you or nurture you in a certain way. Yeah. I'm not saying that those things are bad, but because it can show up in those ways, it's sneaky to yeah. like realize that you're doing it from a place of like, I don't feel like enough if I don't do this versus like, I'm doing this from a place of I feel like enough and I I have it to offer. Right. Well, the sneakiness there is, and I heard you say like, not that that's a bad thing. Cause it's like, yeah, helping someone wanting to be in, I find like in helping professions a lot, it's like, yeah, like I want to help people. I want to be in that. And it's like, are we getting our value from helping other people solely. It's not like we're saying don't help people, right? Right. It's just recognizing is your value coming solely from that. And like you were saying before, this can so 
deeply and so intricately impact the relationships that we're in with other people and also the relationship that we have with ourself because it detracts from self so much. Yeah, I think that's the primary effect is on mm-hmm. our relationship with ourselves. I mean, certainly, certainly it's an interpersonal dynamic for sure, but it originates with that relationship with self, right? Like, and I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, something that comes to mind for me is, is like resentment can build yeah. with codependency because if I don't feel like enough and I'm, I'm offering something because I need it back, and you don't give it back, right? Yes. Then there's like a potential, there's, a, we're setting ourselves up for feeling resentful, like, but I right. gave so much, right? And it's like, and I'm going to offer to anyone listening, like a lot of times this isn't necessarily a conscious process either. It's not mm-hmm. like we give thinking, I need that back. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing, like, I think most people would say, oh no, I don't expect anything back when I give. And that is probably true on a conscious level. Um, but we do expect, and and to some degree we should expect that because there's mutuality in healthy relationships, Mm -hmm. but it's giving. So that I get back is where we set ourselves up for like, because if you don't give back, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. And that's where like, so that, you know, moving into where is this originating from? Why do I do this? And so I was sharing with Sammy before we hit record, like an example um, from my own life of this. And I, I talked about it actually in our last episode where I mentioned like often I'll ask people like if I'm driving somewhere and someone else is there and I'm like picking up coffee or something for myself, I'll ask them if they want anything, right? And like that's part of that is connective, but part of that is me recovering, being a recovering codependent around mm-hmm. like, I feel like... I, at this stage in my life, I can pretty securely say that I'm doing this from a place of like, I would like to offer it. Um, mm-hmm. and it feels like nice to do. And I like to do it, but there certainly was a time in my life where I was being the person that would bring something along, whether it's coffee or, you know, stopping to pick up pastries, or, um, I need to make sure that, you know, I grab the, the, stuff at the grocery store for this cookout or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like I had to bring something with me and it was coming from a place of, because I don't feel like I'm enough on my own. Right. It's like, so I'm not Kristen. That's just good, good to have there for Kristen, but I'm, I'm, I'm useful to be there because I brought the drinks or I brought the hamburger buns or I brought, you know, the coffee. And so like, I gave myself a sense of worth or value to the situation. Right. And so like this, this is what I mean with like the sneaky stuff. Cause I still mm-hmm. do that to some degree, but it's, it's not that the behavior is different. It's the, where it's coming from yeah, the intention behind me. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's where I think it, the intentionality of things matters so much and understanding another, like not another, but maybe to just put this in a little bit of a different perspective is like, you're looking for these things that are like qualifiers. Like I'm enough when I bring coffee or treats or something like that. And when I think of through the lens of qualifiers, this can come through like over explaining is another like really common tendency. Um, I totally don't resonate with this at all, but (laughs) just kidding. Um, and so the over explaining of like, having to qualify why you're doing certain things, why you've done certain things. Um, and I think what oftentimes goes hand in hand with over explaining is like over apologizing. Mm. And it's like, I, I often experience that as like, 
it's almost like, oh, I'm so sorry for my presence here. Like, have you ever been at the grocery store maybe and someone else bumps into you and you're like, oh, so sorry. Yeah. I was, I was the one standing here and someone did that. Right. And it's like that recognition of you taking up space somewhere and then having to qualify for in, you know, in some way that can come up so much in codependency. And so I think when we talk about codependency, we can be talking about with a specific relationship in general, maybe it be a spouse or a sibling or a friend. It can also just be like when you're interacting in any kind of interpersonal dynamic as well. So it doesn't have to just come up. And I bring that up because I think it's important to note. And I think it can be misleading sometimes to think like, oh, well, I don't have this like only solely with one specific individual or anything like that. And it's just these tendencies can come up in other areas outside of just one specific relationship dynamic as well. Oh yeah. Because like you were saying, it's originating in you. So it's Mm -hmm. like you carry this to every relational interaction that you have. And so it's not, uh, it's often not specific to, I certainly there can be relationships where it's sort of exploited or it's like the um, basis of that relationship is how much you give, you know, and, and that can be like highlighted or in excess in a certain relationship, but often because it's an expression of the way that we feel about ourselves, really, that's where this is coming from. Then it shows up, like you're saying, you know, with a random stranger in the grocery store, it's it, because it's really us and not necessarily, it's certainly interpersonal and how the other person responds to it can keep it going right and feed into it but it starts with us so we bring it with us where we go I was thinking too Sammy when you said um over explaining I feel like for codependency that shows up a lot with um disappointment or saying no so it's like oh I can't and then feeling like you need to explain why you can't maybe make it to something or why you're saying no or um and like looking for like quote unquote, a good enough reason to not be doing whatever somebody might have asked of you. So there's that like compulsion to like be available, be valuable, provide something that's of need. So it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a hard time not doing that. So if I'm going to not do that, I have to give some type of elaborate explanation for Mm -hmm. why. Yeah. I hear the term you are enough a lot. And I've been seeing recently like some pushback around that more. So just like, what does that even mean? And I think what you're talking about right now is that Mm -hmm. you don't have to like, no is a full sentence. Mm -hmm. You don't have to explain what you're like in the context of what we're talking about right now, why you're saying no. And we're, I'm not, it's not even like it's bad, right? Like there are certain circumstances where sure it warrants that, but again, ask yourself, why do you feel the need to explain this? Why is there a reasoning beyond just saying no for myself as someone who absolutely identifies as over explaining things from time to time, it's more so did the person even ask why? I can't do something. Is it even necessary? No, I'm probably like way into explaining why I can't do the thing that this person may not have even cared about in the first place. Right. And so you're recognizing where that intentionality is coming from. And to me, the root of that is that there's that like people pleasing the over explaining often, you know, can be so deeply tied to that. And it's almost like, 
I know I'll, you've, you've shared something. So I'll share something from my own experience around this. It's like when you're saying things, um, let's say you're explaining something and like full disclosure, I totally feel that sometimes even when we're recording the podcast, right. Where it's like, you say something and then you're looking like, did it land? Like I'm looking at Kristen's face. Did it land? Did it like, does that make sense? Does she think that was a good thing to say or not? Right. And it's that internally that, um, almost dialogue that happens when you say something you're looking like, and I feel like, oh, I said the right thing when I can see like, oh, there was that engagement versus, oh, did it not land the right way? Was it not liked? Mm -hmm. And that can be a really challenging space to hold for yourself. And I, I love that. And I feel like so much of what we're saying is objectively the behaviors are not right or wrong or right or bad. Like, like it's really natural to be reading someone else's like, did that land? That could be useful information. Did it not land? Do I need to like offer a different uh, like way of looking at this to make the connection that I'm looking to make? That could be a really valuable thing. Just like all of the things that we're talking about being helpful, you know, wanting to make someone feel good. Those are nice things. It's not about the behavior. It's not about that um, checking in or even explaining. It's like what you were just describing, Sammy, the why, the origin, the self-awareness piece that we always talk about around where is this coming from Mm -hmm. for me, right? Like, does this serve the purpose of making me feel better uh, or making me feel good about myself in a way that I didn't before I did this and is that why I'm doing this or am I doing this because I want to be doing this right absolutely and like I think we can all agree it feels great when you say something and it lands and it makes someone laugh or they get it and it's the are we placing our value in like oh I'm a great person when that happens and when I say something that doesn't make sense to someone or they don't agree oh now my my personal evaluation of myself and my value in myself has gone down because of that perceived um, interaction with another person. And that, that carries, or it has the potential to carry so much weight with it. And what you were saying earlier about like, if it doesn't land, like, do like, is that okay? You know, like, or or around the people pleasing aspect of like, okay, maybe did they like it? Did they think it was a good thing to say? Mm-hmm. What happens if they didn't? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, and it wasn't because you miscommunicated. It wasn't because you weren't clear. They just didn't like it. And like, right. that's all right. But from a codependent place, it wouldn't feel all right. 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 So there's like that mm-hmm. sense of, are you, and of course, I think we're all to some degree, like, oh, I wonder why, or like, oh, it doesn't feel great when someone's disappointed or like, missed the mark on what mm-hmm. or, or our you know sharing missed the mark but ultimately can we sit with what like who we are what we shared how we showed up yeah. and feel okay with it sort of regardless of how it like mm-hmm. because otherwise we get into that situation of feeling like we need to change ourselves in order to have that like response that we're looking for I think that's really part of the essence of codependency is how do I shape shift myself to mm-hmm. get the response that, I, that will make me feel validated yeah. rather than having that sense of worth innate to you that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily, not that it won't feel good to have it reflected back or feel icky to have it not, but that it's not dependent upon that. Exactly. Exactly. It's not about not 
honoring whatever comes up. It's just like inquiring and leaning into like, where is this coming from? Why is it coming up this way? And again, I think it's like that. I wish you could kind of see this gesture that Kristen's doing, but it's like this outsourcing kind of like, if you think of a spiral going outwards out from yourself and then back towards yourself. And it's both, it's like trying to shift yourself to maybe shift the way other people are perceiving you are experiencing things, but then also, um, trying to almost like regulate other people's experiences in order to regulate yourself. So that's that like cyclical kind of experience and allowing yourself. I think like we've talked about with everything, creating self-awareness around these things, first and foremost, regardless of what other people's experiences are, ask yourself in those moments, how am I feeling about this? And not just how, but like, where might this be coming from? Again, back to the intentionality piece. What was my intention in this? What is my intention in this right now? And even if you don't have the self-awareness yet of being able to catch it in the moment, I certainly mm-hmm. still struggle with that sometimes being self-reflective after the fact, even, yeah. you know, like we have um, I think you, you get a sense of something afterwards. You're like, I don't know. I just didn't like the way that went or like that didn't feel great. I'm not sure why. Um, and so being able to just sort of sit with yourself, even hours, days, weeks after something goes, yeah. you know, transpires that you're just get curious about it. Like, Absolutely. I wonder why, why did I show up in that way? Was that really from a place of genuine, like genuine offering, or did I get, did I, was I trying to get something for myself from that? And when I say get something for myself, I mean like emotional currency, right? Like, or social currency. I want to look good to other people because that makes me feel good. Right. Um, Really human aspect of this. That is like natural. We want to be well-received. We want to belong. We want to be accepted. Um, we want to make others feel good. We want to feel mm-hmm. good about how we're making others feel. Yeah. And that's all like, that's not necessarily at the level of like being described as codependent. If it's mm-hmm. just showing up, like that's part of the human experience. I totally. believe where it crosses that threshold into like, Hmm, question here. Let's look at this. Mm-hmm. It's like, the, again, that sense of value or worth. Like, mm-hmm. am I, do I feel like total shit? when somebody is unhappy with me like Mm -hmm. does someone being disappointed in me dysregulate me to the point where I feel significant distress even if what they're disappointed around was something I really still stand behind right like like I feel that way or I needed to set that boundary or I needed to or I made a statement that was honest to me and whatever it turned out to mm-hmm. be, you know, there, there's some dissonance around how that person experienced it. If it throws me into a place of like, now I am feeling like I want to backpedal. I want to do whatever I can, even if I'm compromising myself in the mm-hmm. process to smooth things out. Yeah. Um, that's where we're starting to move into like, Oh, that's a curious place. We mm-hmm. might be codependency, like, you yes. know, and, and so just honoring that the human experiences exists on a spectrum and that like, mm-hmm. there are always places where these things are going to make a total sense to do and be totally appropriate. Mm-hmm. And other times where it's like, oh, that that's actually not great for the self. Like that's not yeah. great for me. Mm-hmm. No. And I appreciate 
you specify and clarifying that. <laughs> I would love to say that in when, right when it's happening, it's like, oh yeah, you can just inquire as you're feeling that. But I think even people who are, who identify as very self-aware and maybe are aware of their codependent tendencies or like, it's really hard to do those things in the moment. And to me, uh, like the, fir- the first and, and many other steps after to doing this work is reflection. And so as you're listening to this right now, I'm going to make the assumption that some kind of interaction within your own experience may be coming up. Maybe your own patterns. Maybe you're like, oh, I totally identify with what Kristen said, or yeah, I totally feel you, Sammy. Um, or maybe, you know, some kind of your own, um, something completely different, but something that you're really resonating with allowing yourself to just check in with that. And perhaps the next time something that happens, and I'm not saying in the moment, but just something that as you're reflecting, it's like, Oh, I always think of those little light bulb moments. They're like, Oh, kind of moments <laughs> to be able to just ask yourself, like you said, ask the questions. And it doesn't, we don't have to say like, Oh my God, I'm codependent. That's what, what that is. It's just inquiring, leaning into. And I like I love using the word inquiry versus question because I think, and I've maybe said this on the podcast before, and if you're a client of mine, you've definitely heard me say this before. Um, when we hear question, we also, we often, excuse me, hear doubt. So when we're questioning something, we're doubting something. And when I say this, I think of like, you're talking about leaning in, inquiring, deepening your understanding, because that's how we learn is asking questions. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because as you said that my brain went a different place. I absolutely, I hear like that doubt piece is really, um, insightful. And when you said like, oh, when we hear a question, I was thinking, we think there's an answer. Oh, that too. Yeah. Oh, you ask a question. There's like, and like an answer versus like inquiry feels invitational in the sense of like, we're Mm -hmm. exploring, like we are like just expanding into we're moving into a place of receptivity and exploration right there is not necessarily an answer answer, so I like that for multiple reasons I love that yes yes because if you can inquire be open to just like the information that you can download from that versus you're on the search for this one finite answer a you're gonna miss all the other kind of stuff you're not gonna be able to be receptive to that and let's be honest, there's very rarely ever actually one finite answer to any, anything. <laughs> Absolutely. I also feel like it might be relevant to talk a little bit about what I had started with at the beginning of the episode around the sort of culture of codependency, uh, um, mm-hmm. because I, I want to normalize this a bit for everyone. So certainly like, you know, I'm a therapist, Sammy's a therapist, therapists often, I'm not definitely not speaking for everyone, but often there's a level of codependency in just like wanting to be helpful, right? Like someone who goes into something that is called a helping profession often has a desire to be helpful, right? Mm -hmm. And like whether or not they're still in that place when they get into being a provider, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, hopefully they've done their work at that point. And it's not necessarily coming from the place of like, I need to help people so that I feel good anymore, but it's a practice usually that started at least, right? I'll say certainly started from life experience of being in that, in that mode and then needing to heal around that Mm -hmm. and then wanting to support people in their healing process around that. Right. Like, so, um, 
but I think that it's important to normalize. So like I said that piece because it's like, so I'm also like steeped in, like I know a lot of therapists and a lot of people who are <laughs> clinicians in some way or another or, mm -hmm. or in helping professions. I know a lot of people who uh, experience codependency on some level or another, but also, you know, I work with a lot of clients and I have a lot of friends and family members mm -hmm. who experience this as well. And it's sort of, uh, once you know what you're talking about around it, it's sort of like, you see it everywhere. It's like when someone tells you yeah. or something, you start to see it everywhere. You're like, oh my gosh, this is showing up all over the place. <laughs> I remember thinking like when I first started working with people around this, like, gosh, why is this like so many people experience a sense mm -hmm. of responsibility for others, others. like yeah. like so intensely, you know, like others, emotional experience, others, moods, even mm -hmm. others, happiness, where is this coming from? And I think we hear it actually quite a bit in, yeah. um, cultural messaging and, and particularly, um, I don't identify with any particular religion, but, but often religious messaging can be mm -hmm. around to like put others before yourself where there's, yeah. uh, and not, that's not just religion. We get that in like All a, a cultural way, social yeah. way as well self-sacrifice is like, mm -hmm. uh, exalted. It's like right. put on a pedestal. Exactly. I was going to say, it's not just only normalized. It's praised. It's like, mm -hmm. yes, we should. It's encouraged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like put yourself last. Don't think about yourself. Think about others, put other needs before your own. I mean, there's so mm -hmm. many common turns of phrase even that yeah. are just like in our collective psyche because we're exposed to them. So frequently, whether or not mm -hmm. we're even consciously aware. And then when you add to that, that you get a behavioral reinforcer, right? Like yeah. people feel good when you do certain things and they, they praise you or they respond in an affectionate or positive way to that, mm -hmm. that reinforces that dynamic as well, where we start to sort of, um, sort of instinctively, or what is that? Like by default, yeah. our own needs in service of other and like think oh and how I know that you've heard this a ton Sammy, but and I have as well how many times I've heard well that's selfish mm. and it just yes is the word. like it's like yeah yeah it, uh -huh. is. it is great be selfish yeah like what and like there's but there's such a cultural negative connotation mm -hmm. selfish as not caring selfish mm -hmm. as self over others yeah right? well it's self vilified yeah yeah oh yeah mm -hmm. like like as if you yes like you're the villain in the story like mm -hmm. oh you think or there's like um a connection to arrogance right like of like who do you think you are like you're more important than other people and it's like no no but i am just as mm -hmm. and in my life and my experience I'm my responsibility. Yes. And like, God. Yes. I was just going to say, I like to like a reframe of this is, you know, maybe I maybe heard this a time or two growing up, like the universe doesn't revolve around you. Mm -hmm. And I like to say like, of course it doesn't. The universe, the world is not revolving <laughs> around you, but your universe is, mm -hmm. your world is. And that goes to say for every single person. And so whose responsibility, who, who is going to be able to meet your needs in that way beyond you? No one. And it's actually much more generous, yeah. much more caring, much more 
uh, so in service of others, actually, for you to take care of yourself. Yes. Because then you don't need other people to. Then mm-hmm. you're not trying to manipulate someone else's unconsciously or consciously manipulate someone else's behavior to get your needs met because mm-hmm. you're meeting your needs. And so they're yes. free to show up however they need to show up and wherever they are because you don't need them to be a certain way for you to be okay. Right. And that's where we move into mutually healthy, beneficial relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and it's kind of like on an airplane when they say, if the oxygen mask comes down, you need to put that on yourself before anybody else, mm-hmm. because if you're not breathing, you're not going to be able to help anyone else to breathe. But once you are able to, like we've said, it's not like we're saying helping other people is bad at all. It's when you're able to know that you're prioritizing your needs and being taken care of, you can better show up in your relationships with others and not, not for the sake of the value that you gain from yourself within these relationships. But because like you said, there's that mutual reciprocity that we can access when we're doing that. I feel like there's a really common way that probably most people, I'm going to speculate that most people listening might have experienced. And I'll, I'll say like, have you ever had the experience where you needed to like set a boundary? Like you needed to say no, somebody's it's their birthday or your friends are going out or there's a cookout or like something it's clearly summer here I'm like making (laughs) references but like so there's some kind of your friend like really wants you to go shopping I don't know like or out to dinner whatever it is right like you really feel like you should go you know that they really want you to go but like you just don't want to go and there's not really like a reason it's not the person like you're just not in the mood or whatever it is you're like or you're super busy you're packed it's too much to squeeze it whatever your reasons are doesn't matter what they are your reasons are enough you could just be painting your toenails you don't want to go it's fine so don't have to qualify right (laughs) you know over explain it why like when you don't set that boundary and you go even though you didn't want to, you knew it wasn't like your needs were to opt out, Mm -hmm. but you didn't want to sit with the discomfort of saying no, having the other person be disappointed, having the relationship be impacted and feel like this sort of dissonance around this. So you go, and then you Mm -hmm. go and you don't really want to be there. And whether or not you're really good at hiding that, that Mm -hmm. energy can be felt regardless of how you're presenting everyone has been that person and everyone has been with that person yes like (laughs) I don't want to be here and it's not fun to be with that person that doesn't want to be there so now nobody's needs are getting met now the person that needed to stay home their needs are not getting met and the person who wanted you to come also their needs are not getting met because you're not really there and the vibe is not a good time right Right. and so Go ahead. I was just going to say, you mentioned this earlier. This is where it's a breeding ground for resentment too. Yeah. And this example, I think just so perfectly illustrated that. And like, I feel like everyone has done this, like oh, done totally. this and been with that person also like, you know, drag someone else along and been like, this is not fun. You're not being fun. Like what the heck? Yes. Yep. And so by the person who needed to say no, say that that's you in the situation, that that's me in the situation. I needed to say no. I didn't say no. Now I'm not, I'm now responsible for like 
myself and my experience and I've created a dynamic where nobody, nobody's mm-hmm. needs are met, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and if I had said no and dealt with the person being disappointed, which would be fair because I'd be disappointed if I want to do something, my friend didn't want to do it, but that's okay for them to be disappointed. And it's honest, right? There's like honesty and integrity to it. It's like, I'm not going to pretend that I want to be there when I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And the value that that offers is that when I say yes, you can trust it. Yes. No, if I really didn't want to be there, I would tell I you. Absolutely. And so when, then you don't have to read between the lines. I think that's mm-hmm. the gift also in this honesty is like, you don't have to read between the lines. I hate, I, you know, I hate in like family dynamics or friend dynamics where you're like, what did they really mean? And they don't like, you have to try to guess, like, did they want me to go, but they're saying it's okay if I don't go, like, don't do that. Don't play the, you know, don't play the, like, try to guess what I need game. Like just in being honest and saying no, when you need to say no, then someone can trust your yes when you say yes. And yes. you really mean it. And when you do go a week or two weeks or two months later, you're going to have a really good time if you really are like in the yes when you say yes. And then you get that experience of mm-hmm. having that like full, whole self yes. Like, yes, I want yes. to be here. And both people get that experience. Yes. And I, I like the way that you normalize too. Like, it's okay if someone's disappointed by the no, it, it can be understandable, but that doesn't mean that it's a reason to not, to, to not right. To no. say yes to something that you want, that you don't want to do. And to, just to avoid those conversations. And I absolutely agree with you. I think we've all been in all of these roles, all roles in the scenario, probably more than once. Mm-hmm. And it can be like when you when you zoom in, when you're in it, it's just like, oh, and then you go from like, oh, I don't want to have to do this, but I don't want to have to deal with how this person's going to respond if I say no. So I'm just going to do the thing. And now I don't want to be here. And then when you're, when you're in that, there's that it, but when you're able to zoom out, like what you just illustrated and see the pattern that that perpetuates or creates and how having maybe the challenging conversation initially in saying no and establishing that can can shift that dynamic moving forward and create trust and yes. right yeah. like i i mean i don't love when people say no to me but i sort of do in the sense that it's like well okay you're willing to be honest with me like it, even regardless of how like invested i might be in whatever it is i'm asking you and like that feels really valuable because i know that you're it's trustworthy. Then you're like being honest with me and letting me know what you need. And I don't have to guess. And that feels secure. That feels safe. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And so we create a sense of safety in relationships that way. Absolutely. Um, so I feel like there's so much here with codependency and that's something that we didn't really talk a lot about yet, but maybe we could talk about in the next episode mm-hmm. is like how that can turn into what you had mentioned briefly, Sammy, of wanting or feeling the need to like regulate others emotions in order to regulate your own because I think that's a really specific way that codependency shows up and Mm -hmm. shows up really commonly for a lot of people Mm -hmm. um so let's do you want to dive into that like next episode I think that sounds great cool yes I love I love when it just like the next next topic comes naturally out of out of this one so we'll do that I feel like that wrapping here maybe for now with Mm -hmm. because it's such a 
big topic. There's so much to it. There's many layers. I think we could talk about it for several episodes probably and not reach all of the aspects of it. But um, I do think as far as a takeaway from today, a place that you could start exploring, inquiring with yourself around codependency is sort of that place of what we were talking about around where is this originating from? What's the function of this for me? Am I doing this behavior in order to feel a sense of worth through someone else seeing me as valuable or Mm -hmm. as worthy? Yes. That would be like the inquiry I would sit with, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And really sit with that inquiry. I would say, I would invite you to kind of, regardless of what your takeaway has been thus far, Mm -hmm. sit with that notice what comes up, because I think, especially with what we've talked about today, it can be a lot, Mm -hmm. can be a lot to take in. So just sit with and notice what comes up as you reflect on, Mm -hmm. and then look forward to our future episode as we will continue (laughs) to expand on this topic. Yeah. And know that codependency is not a bad thing. I think like, that's also like really important. It's like, we're not saying something's wrong. And I certainly like, I have been strongly in codependency and I feel like I've done a lot of healing work around it. I'm not necessarily in the place that I have been with it, but it's incredibly common and it's not a bad thing. It's not something negative, but it is an invitation and like sort of a signpost to like, Hey, there's some self-worth stuff that could use healing here. There's some uh, opportunity to connect more with your own sense of value and worth so that you don't need it from the outside only, right? Like in order to feel it. And so I think it's invitational as opposed to like problematic. Yes. Oh, I love that reframe. Allow it to be an invitation into you and to learning and deepening your awareness about yourself rather than it being a fault that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All of this, I feel like mental health at its core is this invitation back to self, right? Oh, yeah. There are all these ways that we show, we, we notice that we've got, gotten away from ourselves and how do we, yes. you know, sort of call that back. So definitely. We invite you to sit with that this week and Mm. we will talk to you in our next episode. Thank you so much. Bye.